Hi, and welcome to the Southern Connecticut Church of Christ podcast. We've provided a collection of sermons, our midweek lessons, music, and many more tools to help you grow in your walk with God. We are living in an unprecedented and challenging time, but we invite you to listen in and be encouraged as we fight through this together. Be sure to subscribe and feel free to share this podcast with your friends and loved ones. Thanks for listening. Well, well, what do we have here? What do we have here? Can you trust this guy? Can you take this guy serious? What was he thinking? I had all the same thoughts, and I'll share with you what happened. So I really just wanted to test everybody's love, and I did so by dyeing my hair, and guess what? You all failed. You failed. I walked into church today. Octavia said, make another bet so you could dye it back. All right? As soon as I came home after this, my wife jaw drops, and she says, it's shocking. What am I supposed to do with that? She hates it. That's my thought, obviously. And since then, she said it's growing on her, means that she still hates it. And so here I am with blonde hair, and that's actually not what happened. Um, and I'm not testing your love. I was running my mouth, as I tend to do, especially when it comes to football. And, um, and yeah, some things went sideways. I have a video uh, to roll the footage on what kind of exactly happened in the situation. We'll see if we can get it up here. Okay, but... If the Rams go to the Super Bowl, this man Pat has to bleach and dye his hair blonde. This is insane. If the Rams go, I think, yeah, that's crazy. All right, fine. That guy's a bum. Done. All right, so it's simple. That's a little bit more grainy than uh, I anticipated. Um, but this is Elijah's fault. Uh, Dylan was also there with the camera uh, to make sure that I lived up to this. And that was, I, we had that conversation two weeks into the NFL season. And I'm thinking to myself, there's no way, okay? And also, if they did go to the playoffs, they have to get past Tom Brady. You know, your hero, probably for a lot of you guys. Well, guess what? He's not my hero anymore. I hate him. Don't like him. All right? Because this is the result. So anyways, I'm going to preach until hopefully your hair also turns blonde today. All right? Hopefully we're all going to be on fire. So this is a metaphor for being on fire for God. All right? So that's what this is about. Amen. Not Slim Shady. I'm not NSYNC. I'm not Justin Bieber. I'm not Bad Bunny. I hear all of your insults and comments. Okay? You can save it. You can save it. All right. So over the course of today and the next couple weeks, all right, we're going to be talking about lordship and how Jesus redefined uh, our devotion as lordship, right? And I'm really excited about this because it is, it is everything. Like, this is, this is what separates real Christianity from fake Christianity, you know, like, which is not a Christianity at all. This is what Jesus preached. It was all about lordship, and so I'm fired up. We're going to talk today a little bit more generally speaking about lordship. Um, some really just encouraging, I think, insights also will be challenging. Lordship is challenging. All right, the idea of submitting, the idea of somebody kind of telling you what to do. Like, these aren't things that we, we like. Our flesh hates them. I did a little exercise with the teens at midweek, and I was like, you know, the moment I tell you, like, do this, 
everything in your nature immediately, initially at least, wants to do the opposite. And then you calm down and you're like, okay, I can do that. But like, as soon as somebody says like, all right, leave. Like immediately you're like, I hate you. I don't like you. You know, right? that's kind of, that's, that's at a baseline, a lot of that rebellious nature that we have, right? And, um, and I'm really, so it's hard to talk about lordship without first understanding why it's even beneficial. Like, why is it worth it? You know, why, why is it, how does it help us that Jesus is Lord? Like, and so I wanted to kind of walk through that a little bit uh, with you guys today. Oh, there it goes again. All right, so here's some, here's some aspects of why lordship is worth it. This is all in your app if you have the SET, COC app. Um, but, you know, you get rest for your souls. When Jesus is Lord, you have rest for your souls. Matthew eleven twenty nine through 30 says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Here's a promise, rest for your souls. On the other side, there exists a yoke. Right? There's something that's governing, guiding us, right? But then it's also, there's this paradox where that also somehow brings rest. So you also discover true life. You're fully accepted, so fully known, fully accepted by God. You'll get back everything that you've given up and more in this life and in the life to come, which is Mark 10, 29 through 31. You have joy because of the lordship of God. You'll have inner peace. This type of peace that can transcend all understanding. So you could be like in the middle of finals or in the middle of midterms and have a peace that transcends understanding. Where everybody else is stressed around you. You have a big project at your job. Everybody's stressed and you're just like chilling. Right? That, that's, that's what comes with the lordship of Christ. You have Jesus with you. That's pretty awesome. Jesus says, surely I'll be, be with you always to the very end of the age. That comes right after the Great Commission, which is a call to obedience. So there's, this, there's that paradox again where it's like, hey, this, do this, obey this. Here's part of this lordship thing. But on the flip side of that, there's actually some incredible blessings. All right. You have the Holy Spirit, the indwelling of God with you as well. Um, never walk in darkness. Uh, that was probably on the left. Was it, is that on this side? No, last slide. So you never walk in darkness. John 8, uh, verse 12, it says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me, there's the lordship, right, will, will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. It's not following Jesus' lordship. It's not an oppressive thing. It's a freeing thing, right? So you receive the Holy Spirit. Uh, your life will also produce fruit. In John 15, verse 5, it says, If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And also, lordship is really important because it has to do with salvation. Right. It's a differentiating and not saved and saved, right? That's not like a fun thing to talk about. But if we're going to talk about lordship, we've got to talk about all of it, right? And so lordship also, uh, it saves us. There's an aspect of lordship that is saving. And in Romans chapter 10, uh, verse 9 and 10, uh, we, can, we can see that. It says, sorry, i got to turn to this. It says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's amazing. Now, that doesn't undo Romans 6 or everything else about repentance and baptism, but there's an aspect here that lordship is absolutely a part of being saved. So, I want to talk for a little bit about this word Lord and what exactly it means. Sorry, I got to look back every now and then, guys. Um, you know, in, in listening to the voice of Jesus, 
it's, it's, it's what changes everything for your life. You know, like tuning out other voices, just tuning into Jesus, it will change your whole life for the better. John chapter 10 verse 8 says, All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. And I want to encourage you not to listen to any other voice other than Jesus. And as you listen to Jesus, it will even govern which voices you choose to hear from in your life. But it all starts with that filter of Jesus. And then you're able to go from there to figure out amongst the, the human beings, amongst the imperfect people that we are, which, which voices do I tune into, right, and at what times? I mean, there's a lot of times where I have, this, I have a dream, I have something I want to do, and it's like I have to tune out more voices than I can tune in if I really want to follow God. If, I, if Jesus is really Lord of my life, sometimes that involves tuning out a lot of voices. So I want to talk about the word Lord for a second. The, the origin of our, the, the, this divine name is in Exodus chapter 3, verse 13 through 15. So we're going to start broad with this word, Lord. And we're going to be going over this today and the next two Sundays. And you'll have a comprehensive view of lordship and why it's so important and how we can actually do it. Um, So the word Lord, uh, we first see it in Exodus chapter 3, verse 13 through 15. This is Moses uh, speaking with God. And Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? So this is like, what is, what's your name? He's trying to, this is like an introduct, introduction. Like, what's your name? What do I tell them when, they say, when I come and I share all these things with them? Like, they're going to want to know who told me to say these things. What authority do I have? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. It's a very hard, it's very that's complex. Imagine I come to you and it's like, I am has sent me to you. It's going to be hard for you to grasp that. So then we have this in verse 15. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. Okay? So, so here it goes. It's the Lord. This is my name forever, the name you shall call me from generation to generation. So there's this connection between I am So God is saying, like, I am. I exist on my own authority. No one brought God into existence. God is. There's no way to really classify or name that, right? And that that word, as we see Lord, they often go hand in hand, biblically speaking. And there's a lot more I can get into that with with that, but there's a great Bible project video on the the word Lord. You should check it out. It's amazing. Um, But this is God's covenant name. And it represents his steadfast determination to maintain the covenant relationship with his people. Because there's a reference to Jacob. There's a reference to Abraham. There's a reference to Isaac. So this is God's name that's like, I got you. I'm committed to you. When you call me Lord, that means I'm here for you. I'm here to partner with you. And I am not going to abandon you. So there's a lot of trust and faith and hope that comes as we say the word Lord. As we say, Jesus is Lord, right? And then here you have Jesus in John 8, 58. says, very truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. So you see it again. You know, reference to the patriarch Abraham and then that I am once again, right? So Jesus is saying that same thing that I am. It sent me, Jesus is saying, I am. 
right? So the, the covenant relationship, Jesus has come because of that promise from God to us. Because God is good and he delivers on his word, that, that's why Jesus came. So it's showing you and every one of us that God is committed to you. God is committed to your growth. God is committed to your progress. God is committed to your salvation. God wants to see you win. All right? Don't ever question that. God's not out here looking at, okay, you're not here. You're gone. You're done. No. He's looking to see you win. And Jesus is proof of that. Right? Jesus is proof of that and many other things in the Old Testament. But if you didn't, if you didn't read the, all of it, Jesus is proof of that for you guys. All right? This is Jesus saying, I am. Saying, I'm the God of the patriarchs, deliverer of Israel. And it could be our deliverer as well. Amen. We got Romans chapter 10, verse 12 through 13. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Calling on the name of the Lord. We're going we're gonna, to you know, look at this, as I said, the next couple weeks. What does that mean? How do we do that? When do we do that? Does that ever stop? <laughs> So there's some, you probably know some of the answers there, but we're going to dig into that. Amen. We surrender all to him. This is what lordship is. We surrender all to him or nothing at all. That's the call to lordship. You surrender all to him or nothing. It's, it's that clear. And that's better for you. That may, that may sound oppressive. That may sound like that's not that cool. But that is in your best interest, ultimately. And hopefully you saw that from some of those first scriptures. And in Matthew 6, sorry, let me just read Matthew 6 for you guys, 24. No one can serve two masters. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. You can't. It's, it's all Jesus or it's nothing. You know, a, a silly example would be like you can't be a, a Cowboys fan and an Eagles fan, right? Like at the same time. As George is like, yeah, you can't do that. You know, shout out Luke Pranger. Happy birthday. Cowboys nation over here. All right. Okay. All right. Amen. So, you know, I always got to embarrass some teens from time to time. All right. So how can this be freedom, right? This idea of lordship. I mean, it is, it is kind of like, it seems like, I bet some of the teens think this too, like, Pat, you're like trying to trick me with like all these promises and then you're just going to, you know, then you're going to like, there's a lot I got to do though, right? So how, do, how does that all work, right? It's almost like you can't really trust it. And I understand that, like that makes sense because yeah, you talk about lordship, I'm like, you know, I have some doubts, right? And uh, so I want to kind of explain this a little bit, like how this paradox works the best that, um, I can describe it in the best way that the Bible, the best way I understand how the scriptures describe it. You know, how, yeah, lordship and freedom. How is this freedom, you might ask? Like, how is this idea of surrender, submission, obedience, how is that actually freedom? You might be wondering. So I'm going to explain a little bit about that, all right? So think for a second about every superior support, subordinate relationship. You know, there's tons of them, but here's a couple. You got your doctor patient, you have a teacher student, you have a lawyer client, you have employer employee, right? You know, these are, these are often, they, they go well for, you know, most part. I mean, teachers are like, nah, I haven't gone that well here. here. Doctors are like, nah, it hasn't been that great over here either. 
Maybe lawyers are thriving right now. I don't know. But, or they will be in 10 years when it's like, were, were you diagnosed? No, oh, never mind. Bad joke. No, 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 no. Too soon, too soon. So, uh, so like, th- these work well, though. These relationships, when there's, when there's this benevolent kind of superior who has your best interests, but you also as the, let's say, you know, subordinate in the scenario, um, have agreed to these terms. Where it's like, you know more than me, doctor, so I'm going to trust you. And Mo said, amen. And, and so, there's, so, so that goes well, right, for the most part. And they're great relationships. But if there becomes like a, a dependence, it can get a little weird, right? Like if a student always depends on the teacher, then how does the student ever grow beyond, right? Like if the, if the student's always in this position of I'm constantly dependent on this teacher. Or if a patient... Uh, is just constantly dependent on a doctor, then can we say that they, they've healed, right? Like, it, it's a philosophical thing. Like, it's hard, to, it's, it's hard to even understand. Or if, let's say, the superior is an oppressive type of thing, like a teacher that says, you must, this is why you have to do, like, it's by force, or you go to detention. Or if it's an employer, you don't do what I say, you lose your job. Right, So that's where we can see that these can be good sometimes, but they can also go really bad sometimes. Right, teens? Like sometimes teacher-student relationships, they get a little crazy. Right? Right, WD? Right? Okay, cool. All right. So, you know, it's hard. it's hard sometimes to fully trust these models because at the end of the day, for a teacher to be a teacher, they will always need students. Otherwise, they cease to be a teacher. For a doctor to be a doctor, they'll always need patients. Otherwise, they cease to be a doctor. A lawyer will always need clients. Otherwise, they're no longer a lawyer, right? And so on and so forth. So that's not, it's not bad. That's not evil. It's just like the truth of, it's the nature of it, right? So why does that matter? So if you take away a patient, right, then a doctor's identity is gone. Everything that that doctor worked for is now for what, right, if there's no patients? So there is an interdependence, right, at play when it comes to earthly superior subordinate relationships. Are you guys with me so far? Is this kind of making sense? Okay, so there's, so there's this interdependence that exists. And one's identity can be at stake in these relationships also. So there's also this like kind of influence that can creep in that's not always uh, the most pure or benevolent at times. And uh, it can often go great, but like I said, sometimes it goes really bad. And when it goes bad, if we're the subordinate in the situation, it can leave us hating the idea of submission. Like, it left a bad taste in our mouth forever and for always. I remember trying to be the subordinate and agreeing to the terms, and it didn't go well because there was this oppressive, you know, oligarch or whatever. And, you know, so now I'm done. I'm done listening. I'm done being the subordinate in the situation. So whatever. All right. So how is it different with Christ? So thanks for staying with me up until that point. So how is it different with Christ? So in uh, John chapter 15, verse 14 through 16, we see this passage where it says, You are my friends if you do what I command. Once again, teens are like, what? How are you a friend? You got to do what you command. All right. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. 
Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give to you. So we're going to break this down a little bit. You know, you may be asking, how can we trust this promise of freedom if it also comes with this calling to do what he commands? What makes Jesus any different than any boss, parent, teacher, or anybody else that's above you? What makes Jesus different from all of them? So here's, here's two things, and then there's going to be a key one. So these are two things that I would say might have some commonalities with people in the world, but it's absolutely an aspect of Jesus that we can take to the bank. It is for sure, right? Sometimes you got to wonder with people. You have to build the trust, right? So one of those things is that he gives us a choice. He says, if, right, you are my friends, if you do. You do not have to, right? It's an if. That's up to you. It's kind of like the, this is, I think doctors can relate to that. Like, if you want to get better, this is what I recommend you do. That's a, that's a choice. Now, with a boss, that might not be the case. It's not really if. If you don't do this, you are fired, right? So it's not, it's not a choice with that. Uh, but with doctors, perhaps. Also, Jesus gives you a choice. God gives us all a choice, right? He seeks to benefit you. That's another thing. I think a lot of, there's a lot of great people out there, superior type folks that they want, they want to benefit you. They want to see you kind of win in life. And then there's some that, that don't. But definitely it can be said for Jesus that he wants to benefit you. He says, basically, everything I learn from my father, there's no secret sauce that I'm hiding from you guys. You have every ingredient. You have every ingredient you need to live your life and live it to the full. I've hid nothing from you. I want you to, to win, to conquer, to be the best you that you can be, and to be in heaven for all of eternity. He hides nothing from us. But I want to share with you guys, you want to know the main difference? So the main difference is that he doesn't need us. That's the main difference about Jesus. He doesn't need you in order for him to be Lord, he's Lord because he said, I am. That's it. He, he doesn't depend on you worshiping him for him to be Lord. The doctor depends on patients. The teacher depends on students. The lawyer depends on clients. But Jesus does not depend on you to be Lord. He is Lord because it is his inherent authority. Amen? That's, that's Jesus. So you could trust somebody that doesn't depend on you, right? You could trust somebody that doesn't need you for anything. If there's nobody else in this world you could trust, it's Jesus because he doesn't actually need you. He doesn't depend on you, right? So when we talk about lordship, you've got to understand that he doesn't need you to follow him to be lord. It's not an ego boost situation, right? He's just like, oh, I just need a lot of followers so I can like feel better about myself. No, he's already good. He's already good. All right? And that's, that makes all of the difference in the world. And it's one of the key features of why we can trust in the lordship of Jesus. Amen? Does that make sense? Amen. Amen. Jesus is Lord. And here's something really cool. When we make Jesus Lord, we're allowing our status to also rest on the simple fact that our value also doesn't come from needing to be superior to anyone else. Because our security is in the value conferred on us by the Father. 
So we no longer need people to get a sense of our self-worth. We no longer need subordinates to feel important. We are important because God has said, you're valuable, you matter, you're my son, and that's it. We don't need to force people to do anything, right? And so this allows us the freedom to love, the freedom to really build value, the freedom to really add value to other people's lives because we no longer are seeking our security from things of this world. And that's, this, is, this is amazing, right? This is awesome, but it costs everything to get it. It changes your life, but it costs you everything, right? And we're going to talk about this difference in a second between lordship and uh, a term I'll introduce you to. But in Matthew 20, verse 16, uh, Matthew 20, verse 16, it says, So the last will be first and the first will be last. That's only possible to really embody that when Jesus is Lord. So this last thing I want to talk about is this difference between lordship and easy believism. I don't know if you've heard that term. I was learning about it as I was looking into lordship. There's this like, yeah, false doctrine, fake gospel, whatever you want to call it. And it has to do with easy believism. And it's just about an intellectual assent uh, to believing in a God, believing Jesus is his son. Probably includes coming to church. And uh, probably includes, you know, sometimes reading your Bible. And we'll talk a little bit about that in a second. But it's, it's an easy path. It's easy. It's chill. It's the path of least resistance. Like, I'll be a Christian when it's convenient, when it's inconvenient, or it costs me something. I'm not really going to act like a Christian. And that's kind of easy believism. And in Luke chapter 6, verse 46, uh, where it starts, it says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Right? And I'm going to keep reading this. <laughs> Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house, um, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. Jesus is saying, if I am really your Lord, and also, by the way, if you want to be totally stormproof from all of life's storms, if I'm really your Lord, you won't just read what I say. You will do what I say. Won't just read it. We'll do it. And I know a lot of us read our Bibles, but the question is, do you follow your Bibles? Do you follow what Jesus says? Or has reading the Bible become more of a self-help exercise that makes you feel better about yourself as you start your day? Because if that's the case, you're not ready for the storms of life. The storms of life will take you out because you haven't done the deep digging yet. Right? It's not just about feeling better in the morning. It's about where am I not following the scriptures and how can I today start following them? For your benefit, once again, not because Jesus needs you in some way uh, that's, that's self-serving. You know, storm-proofs our life in an incredible way. I don't know about you, but I want to be storm-proofed. You know, there's been some storms the past couple of years, right? I mean, our houses have taken some beatings, right? we got some shingles down. We have some gutters messed up. Windows are broken. I see it on some of your faces. You probably see it on some of my face sometimes. But that house is still standing, right? The house is still standing for a lot of us, right? And as you keep digging and as we keep following the word of God, 
it's going to be more and more the case, more and more sturdy, more and more firm. You know, there's been a lot of storms over the past couple years, and it's been heartbreaking to see the way those storms have really taken people out. I don't know about you, but I hate it. I hate it. It makes me question everything when I see somebody get taken out. I'm like, ah, and I go through this, like, postmortem and kind of, you know, it's almost like I'm looking to do a Netflix documentary on everything that happened. And it's just like, it's, it's pain. It's a grief. It's a grieving process when you see people taken out, right, of their faith uh, or when they just stop fighting or they just kind of give up or they lay down. And, and I ask myself, like, is that my fault? Because I'm constantly guilty. Like, like, what could I have done differently? How could I have done something better? Uh, you know, is it your fault? Is it the church's fault? Is it God's fault? Or is it theirs? Because they didn't put God's word into practice. You know, I think we as Christians tend to take a lot on ourselves. And we, we often, and this is a good thing, this is an encouragement, is we often look at ourselves in the mirror when something goes wrong. I think that's great. I don't think we should ever lose that. But at some point, Right? People are responsible for themselves putting the word of God into practice when the storms of life come. That doesn't mean they don't, we don't need to build each other up. We don't need to encourage people. We don't need to go after, the, leave the 99 to go after the one. Because that's also our part of following the Bible. Right? Of loving through those situations, through that hardship. But I got to know that you're good without me. Right? And I think you need to know that the person next to you is also good without you. Right, because otherwise it's like, I feel like, you know, I don't know if you guys can relate to this, but I, I got to stop everything because if I don't act, this is game over. Right, and that's like a pressure that it can be really hard to live with. So I want to ask you guys, are, you're good without me, right? Okay, because Jesus is Lord. You're good without the person next to you, right? Like you can stand on your own two feet, Amen. So then you're coming from a place where you're coming to give because you're already good. Now, there will be times where we need each other, right? There's going to be times where your hands are like this. You're walking around. You're going to need somebody to lift your hands up. You know what I mean? And, and that's what we're here for. I've needed that over the past couple of years. And I want to thank you guys for the ways that you've poured into my life. You know, with having, from having a son to everything with the digital, you know, figuring that out when COVID first happened. Uh, it's, it's, been, it's been quite a couple years, right? And I just want to thank all of you guys for the ways you've loved and poured into my life. And I hope and pray that I can do the same for a lot of you guys. And I know that's the kind of family that we have here as a church. Amen? Amen. But I want to ask you, are you putting the word of God into practice? Like for real. Like not just theoretically. Like for real. Are you putting the word of God into practice in your life? Not just reading it, but doing it. How is your forgiveness today? Seriously. Seriously. Is there anybody that you have not forgiven? Think about that. How is your purity today? Right? How is it going? Are you following the Bible? How is your anger? How is your anger doing? Have you been, have you been lashing out either verbally or just by shutting down? Because both are loud, right? How is your humility Today, do you feel like I still have a lot to learn? I still have a lot that I need to redefine in my life. How's your prayer life? How's your love for people? I've struggled to love. It's been hard to love sometimes, guys. Especially on social media. I'm like, I don't know, man. You know, I'm glad we have the app. It's a safe haven. You should download it. But anyways, 
<laughs> Who's got to plug that, right? All right. How's your, and here's another question. How is your evangelism? How are you doing with sharing your faith? Do you talk to people about God or are you embarrassed? Are you embarrassed to talk to people about God? I mean, just be honest. Like, it's all good. We've been there, right? We've all been there where it's a little harder to talk to people about God. I think it's just important to be honest about that, though. Do you still have a passion to want to conquer the world for God? Do you still want to share about God? Like, and this is, sounds overwhelming, but it just starts with maybe the person you know. You know, how come, how, how come you haven't? Why not? Because that's part of following this. And, you, and we might not always feel like it, right? Like I, don't, I don't often want to go to the gym. I don't often wake up in the morning like, yeah, I can't wait to hit the treadmill today. I'm like, I often don't want to. But guess what? Every time I leave the gym, you know how I feel? I feel amazing, right? So I get to see that sometimes my heart can follow my actions. I know, I know this isn't behavior modification. I'm saying we should have tried to do our best to get our hearts right. All right? That's what, and, but there's times where you're just not going to feel like it. And sometimes all you need to do is just show up. And that's your lordship, is just showing up. Like, the walls of Jericho fell down, and literally all they did was just show up and walk around it. All right, let God do the rest. You just show up. And I think right now, as tired and exhausting as the past couple years have been, maybe the best thing that we could do in our lordship is just show up. Show up in one way or another for God, right? And let God do the rest. When I first started getting back into the gym, I said to myself, all I'm going to do is get my butt through the doors. That's it. I'll see what happens after that. I don't know what's going to happen after that. But I'm just going to get there. All right. And, some, and, and, and guess what? That changed everything. And now Jacob has a little childcare at the gym and Lamisha gets help. I get help. Everybody's winning. Right. But if I never made that first choice to just say, I'm just going to go, I would have never got to see everything that, you know, this little gym life had to offer. And it's the same thing with Jesus. If we don't show up, we're not going to see what is on the other side of our obedience, right? We only have one life to live, guys. And there's so often, like, I just can't understand for the life of me why we kill ourselves to to get this A plus versus the just regular A. Or why we, like, kill ourselves for that promotion that will really just take us from 9 to 5 to 24-7. You know, like, I just, I don't understand it all sometimes. Like it pains me. And I read Ecclesiastes the other day, so I'm definitely on some other stuff today. You know, and you should read it, but it basically talks about like it's not worth like killing yourself over. And it's actually a blessing that from God to be able to do work and enjoy it. And God's saying like, hey, that's a blessing if you can do work and enjoy it. But I think a lot of us are just working and we kind of like low-key hate it, right? And lordship offers us an alternative, right, to these things that exhaust us. And, and the only way to make sense of like, you know, because you're not going to show your grades and GPA to God when you get to heaven. You're not going to show your resume to God when you get to heaven and say, check me out. I got all these credentials. I got some good references. Like God is not interested in that. How was your lordship? Did you know him? Did you know God? And I'm not saying getting A's is wrong or getting a promotion is wrong. I, please don't mishear me. And especially if you're Long-term vision is, hey, I want to parlay this into something that can really benefit and serve to help more people know God. But if there's not that, like, but for God at the end of it, then what is it really for? Because Rick said this one time, you know, U-Hauls don't go with you to heaven, right? You can't take it with you, guys, right? So we're, 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 we're suffocating from exhaustion 
from following these lords that aren't meant to be our Lord, right? They, we weren't meant to serve them, and it's exhausting. And if you feel exhausted, it's not because of Jesus. It's not because of Jesus. If you feel exhausted, it's because of the other overlords in your life telling you what you need to be doing to be who they need you to be and continue to be for them to have a purpose in your life. You know, and I'm going to talk. I'm glad that I'm preaching the next couple of weeks because I want to, we're going to flesh this out a lot more. But here's like lordship, easy believism, right? So there's common ground. You know, there's common ground, acknowledgement and trust. Everybody can say, I love Jesus, right? A lot of people love Jesus. A lot of people even enjoy the idea of trusting Jesus. Honestly, that's probably one of the hardest for me. If I'm honest with you guys, sometimes it's really hard for me to, to step back, right, and just let God work. But then you have, this is where things differ. Commitment to obedience, repentance, total surrender. And I put the will I be saved, I was debating, I was like, because listen, I know at the end of the day, it is God who saves. But, and I just want to say that, because God can do whatever he wants at the end of the day, right? But according to the Bible and the best that we can understand it with all these great tools that we have, Easy believism will not save you. You will not go to heaven based on easy believism according to the word of God. All right? It is, it is lordship or nothing. All right? And I would do you no favors by painting a different picture. I shouldn't be doing this if I painted any other picture. And like I said, we're going to talk more about that soon. But I know we can all relate I think I've wanted to give up a lot in the past couple years. It's been really hard in the last couple years. There's, I actually went to a mental place of thinking about what would it be to not do this job. And I love my job. Like, I love it. Like, I don't want to do anything else ever. And, and there, but I actually fantasized with that thought in the past couple years. I was like, huh, what would that life kind of look like? You know, and I bet you've gone to some places over the past couple years in your mind. Maybe some dark corners of your, of your brain. And what I'm asking you to do today and as we go through Redefine is also recommitting. If let, for whatever has happened, let, it's, it's in the past. Today is a new day. It's an opportunity to recommit to the Lordship of Christ. To say once again, Jesus is Lord. And that's a recognition of who he already is. But we're also saying at the same time, he's my Lord. So you might know Jesus is Lord, but is he your Lord? I want to encourage you to reflect on that in your quiet times, to make that commitment again. And don't make it lightly. Don't make it lightly again. Think about it. But in your time with God, have that conversation with yourself. Have that conversation. If you've never made that commitment, hey, come talk to me. I would love to help. You understand that. I have people help me, right? If you already have, make it again. Make it again. We got an opportunity before us to, to impact the world in an incredible way and each other. We're going to push through it. We're going to be able to get through this together, church. And we're going to really rely on each other in the process. Together as a family, with God's help, I know we can do this and we can make Jesus Lord. Thank you, guys. This has been an episode of the Southern Connecticut Church of Christ podcast. Please subscribe so you can keep up to date with the latest podcast.